Welcome to episode 233 of Friars on the Farm. I'm Donovan, and with me is Roy. Oh, it's the best time of the year. It's the, the most, most wonderful time wonderful of the year. Wonderful time. Uh, people always say, hey, do you like this? You know, are you watching the Super Bowl? I'm like, I'm waiting for the day after. The day after, people were asking me, how, how, how are you? Great. Best day ever. Why? They give me this funky look. Like, this is the day after the Super Bowl. Three Baseball words, pitchers and catchers, catchers report. Today, it happened on the same day. Super yeah. Bowl Sunday, pitchers and catchers report. I don't know about you. I didn't watch a minute of the Super Bowl. I was busy doing other stuff. I kind of lost care. You know, the only thing I was interested, maybe see a commercial or see what Usher did on the halftime show. But it, it not, nah, I want to know more about I was I was refreshing Twitter, seeing what what uh, Sammy Levitt was posting over on 97.3 hearing the hearing the the ball pop into the gloves. Yeah. Yeah. I had to watch the game. I my uh, we had to move out of the hotel. We found an Airbnb. Uh, it's going to be months before we get back uh, into our place. And uh, so we found an Airbnb actually down the street from the from the condo. Um while my wife has to write a bunch of pages for her class. And then she had a friend that came in from out of town, a very busy weekend. And we ended up watching the whole Super Bowl. Uh, we watched it all, but like, I like, like you, like, I, I don't have, I don't really care. I didn't have a vested interest in it other than the commercials, which I thought were kind of fun. Um, and then let's go. Then let's go. Then yesterday happened and they had pitches and catches report. And uh, I know you didn't catch it, but I caught the Michael King interview. Uh, the, the, um, the Matsui interview. That was in, so good dude, in Spanish and English. Like who does that? Who does that? Um, and that's, that's preparation right there. He must've practiced his lines in it because he doesn't speak either language. He's not right. fluent in either language. Uh, so I, I get the impression that he's at least borderline conversational a little bit. Uh, but to have that, that speech prepared and delivered to the press, that. Yeah, he asked that we welcome, that we give him a warm welcome, and yeah. you know that the Padres fans will. Okay, yeah. so for today's agenda, we have the Wandy Peralta announcement of his official signing. Jurickson Profar is back. Nathan Martorella gets a late invite. We've got some thoughts on the first day of pitchers and catchers. And then we've got an interview with El Paso AAA hitting coach and longtime friend of the podcast, Raul Padron. Yes, Raul's coming back. We missed him last year. Uh, but first, hey you guys, go to go to Instagram, go to Apple, go to Spotify, go to iHeartRadio, hit the smash button. We now have a YouTube channel. Go hit subscribe. Uh, search Friars in the Farm. Find us there. We'll be posting interviews. We'll be posting this interviews, all the future episodes, all of the content that we can create. We'll be adding to that YouTube channel. Um, the opening song is Thrills by Video in the Trees. Find them on Spotify as well. And if you want to see them, you can see them at the template in ocean beach february 23rd and boom surprise we've got a sponsor so right now go to manscape.com and use the code friars for 20 percent off plus free shipping that's not five percent that's not ten percent dude 20 percent off is a significant savings so go to manscape.com and we have more about that later on in the show but let's you get know, you going. get 20 percent off because you probably could stand to take more than 20 percent off the top Right. <laughs> okay, so MLB news. The Padres make the Wandy Peralta signing official. Uh, from Dennis Lynn, two days before pitchers and catchers report to the Peoria Sports Complex, the San Diego Padres announced the signing of left-hander Wandy Peralta to a four-year, $16.5 million contract. The agreement includes three player options, meaning it could end up as a one-year deal with the reliever the Padres expressed interest in dating back to the 2023 trade deadline. And I didn't know that, that they had trade yeah. interest going back that far. 
So he kind of skims over the player options, but I mean, that was kind of the buzz was how unusual this contract was, how it puts all of the leverage in the player's hand, which is fine. And that probably means that they were able to, you know, less average annual value because he's got more guaranteed money and he has all the control in his hands. And if he nails it this year and he bounces out, that's fine. We have another year of guys developing in the minors, another year of guys that we're still looking at, the Padres are still looking for uh, that we can pick up. It does. It, it gets the annual average value, a, a high leverage pitcher uh, with tons of upside uh, on the cheap. And, you know, if he does well and say we make it to the playoffs or, you know, he wants to stick around, picks it up. Maybe we even bump it up a, a little money, you know, after it maybe opts out and we give him a little raise or something like that. So the flexibility, I think, is there obviously for the player, but certainly the flexibility could be there for the team as well. Um, right. And now the team still needs starting pitching and outfielders. Right? I would love to see another veteran starting pitcher in the in the out there. It'd be nice if it was a lefty because everybody's so righty heavy right now on the Padres roster. Um, but Outfielders. So we got a little bit of news later about Profar, which is nice. I still think he's got work to do. So Preller says, quote, we're still actively talking to different players, you know, outfield starting pitching options, as well as pen type possibilities. But maybe it's something too where you get into spring training and you're constantly looking to improve your team throughout the season. If we don't find something we line up on, we're not just going to try to make a move to make a move. So throughout spring training, there's a lot of little transactions happening. There's guys that are on the edge of a roster that get bumped because they don't have any major league options or minor league options left. Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, there are people that, be- that come available, even if they aren't free agents right now. But let's put this to the Preller Interpreter 300. Um, pen type possibilities, open guys that want to start, a lot like Waka, like a Lugo, like guys that are still out there that, you know, maybe have, you know, they want to start and they've been in the bullpen. Um, let them cook. And, and during spring training, like you said, a lot of those things happen. A lot of guys get released. We pick them up. We throw them in for depth. Um, a lot of, a lot of teams say, Hey, we've got some extra guys. Some of these other guys are going to work out and there's trade partners. There are, you know, that's just how spring training kind of works. And I think it's a smart way to do it when you're looking to get stuff on the cheap. Uh, when you have a little bit of depth, in the minors that does need that time to develop and get better uh, on the pitching side, as well as the position player side. So um, there are some uh, arms down in the minor leagues that I think um, not only are starters that we talk about all the time, but some bullpen guys, your Carter, your Carter low and your um, give me a name. God dang it. Just, it, it just Kevin cops, Moises yes. Lugo, Tommy yeah. Nance, Nolan Watson, you know, some Lake Barker. Daniel Camarena, Ryan Carpenter, Austin Krobe, Javian Sandridge, lots of guys out there. Yeah. So Preller also said, quote, we feel like we have a group of pitchers and position players that we're going to give opportunity to and have some younger guys as well that have come through the system that we feel good about and we think are going to show well in camp and are going to be prepared to play in the big leagues this year. So we're weighing all that out. We're always looking to improve, but we're not just going to force something just to make a move. So, so it's, it's not necessarily that those guys need to contribute right away. Right. I have a feeling that they're kind of looking for stopgap types for when those players are ready to contribute later on in the season. Yeah. So that's where your Robbie Snellings, your Adam Mazers, your Ryan Burgers come into play. Uh, but on the outfield side, it's going to be interesting to watch what Oscar Mercado, Cal Mitchell, and Bryce Johnson do. Those are the three guys they brought on on yeah. minor league contracts. 
with an invite to spring training that all three of them have some experience at the major league level and you never know who's going to pop. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, so they putting that to the brother 300 interpreter 300. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's, we like the guys that, you know, if we can't find it, almost it says like, if we can't find anything, we do have a backup plan. It's not the greatest backup plan because it would be maybe an Oscar Mercado or maybe a, a Jacob Marcian left or, you know, Jackson Merrill's going to get some time in left field. But you also have Tirso Ornelas, who had a really great showing uh, in, in AAA last year and looks to be close to ready. Power's not quite there yet. Uh, that's what I think they're kind of waiting on. But the, you know, the hitting for average and gap to gap hitting, I think, is there. And once again, another could be another stopgap cup of coffee for Tirso. I would love to see that. Yeah. All right. So next new segment here, trimming the roster brought to you by Manscaped. Da, 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 da. But, so Padres inked Jurickson Profar for a one-year million-dollar contract. So that was today's big news. And it was, was. funny. Were, were you paying attention this morning? Do you, I don't know what time of day you're driving in and listening to Ben and Woods uh, in the morning, uh, but I was driving in and they said something. And I looked on his Instagram and he had this whole like highlight reel. And at the end, it said the job's not done. And well, I, that was before yeah. anybody knew anything. It's yeah. like he broke his own news. Yeah. And I wonder if he's going to get his hand slapped for that. But it was kind of telling because during the offseason, you see him in the DR working with uh, Tati Sr. Uh, you see him hanging out with Fernando. You see him around the Padre players, which I think he would be anyway. But you just kind of like, you know, as a fan, you're like, we've. You know, we've had that guy before, um, but as guys start dropping off the board that we're even back, you know, like we're squinting like, okay, we'll take him. But then he gets picked up, you know, and someone gets picked up. We're like, oh man, we would love to have had that guy. Um, I, I think a little bit of that with, with Padres Twitter. And I think a little bit of that with the Padres themselves, like he's our stopgap. And if we do make another move with someone a little more established via trade or via by signing someone, um, he could easily fall back into that fourth outfielder position. And he is that spark plug. He is the vibes guy. He's a million dollar vibes guy. And that's plenty fine. Like he has those tough at bats. He does give you really good at bats. Um, and he has pretty good armor. Okay. He threw out a bunch of guys the year before last. Oh yeah. And every once in a while he gets fired up about something. Yeah. And if it's something that's that's real or it's something that's just like, you know, a situation that he made up in his head, whatever, you, the team lacked fire last year. Yeah. You know, I there were times that I was thinking like this team needs to get into a brawl or something like something needs to happen to, to yeah. pull this together. And so Profar getting upset because somebody because he slid too hard in the bag and somebody took issue in it with yeah. it or something like that, you know, gets up and starts waving his hand at him, telling him to F off this. And that that's the kind of stuff that I mean, it's goo it, it it looks immature at the moment, yeah. but you never know. It's like you need you need guys that have your back. And that's what Joe Musgrove was talking today about culture, about establishing the culture and the identity of the team early. So you know, I love having it. It's a $1 million contract. He's got some uh, plate appearance uh, incentives that'll raise it up to two and a half million dollars max. Yeah. So if it's the end of May and he's hitting 200 and you look down in the minors and there's somebody that's killing it and has, has earned a shot up, then yeah. you, you write it off and you go ahead and let him go and you give somebody else an opportunity or he plays like he was playing for the Padres in the last couple of, and a reminder in that last month of the year, he batted 296. He posted a 776 OPS for the Padres. Yeah. He seemed like a more invigorated player. Maybe he just wasn't happy in that Colorado, the high air in Colorado. 
Well, and that's it. When you're playing with your friends, you're happier. When you're playing in that lineup, you're going to get better pitches to hit. They're going to go, okay, yeah. we can we can squeak by Profar. Uh, and he'll right. snap one off and he'll knock it, you know. And he could also, if that does happen when he moves into a pl- more platoon, he can, you know, he can hit against righties or he can hit against lefties, where that, whichever. I'm not sure whatever his strong side is. He's um, better against lefties, which unfortunately is the case with most of the guys in the Padres roster. But the fact that he can switch over to the, the other side and, yeah, you know, hold his own against, against righties, uh, it's, it's nice. So, he doesn't strike out a ton. He draws a lot of walks. I, I like that. And what we struggled with last year, the, the team would get to the second half of the order and it just fall off a cliff because yeah. you've got Austin Nola, Trent Grisham, whoever else. And it's just strike out, strike out, yeah. ground out, pop fly. And you're not moving guys over. You're not getting runners in. How many times did, did you get, you get Tatis, you get Bogarts, you get somebody else, you got on two or three guys on and then one or two outs and that's it. And yeah. you're done. So adding some length to that, to that order, you don't need thumpers in the back of the order. You need, right. you need consistency. You need guys are going to be tough outs and he's a tough out. Yeah. So the one other move that I saw the Padres signed outfielder, Zach Rex, that's R E K S to a minor league contract. He was drafted by the Dodgers in 2017. Uh, he's got 22 major league games under his belt. Um, didn't do much in those 22 games, but that's not much of a sample size. Right. Uh, in 2021 and 2022, he's got big raw power. He's a corner outfielder. So somebody to stash away in AAA and see if he turns into the next Brent Rooker or something like that. You, right. know, you never know when somebody's going to catch fire. And, you know, we are really trying to find a silver lining in all this outfield <laughs> Um, um, the scandal, it's almost a scandal now, really. It's just like, you know, we're so used to having them just go get a guy and now it's not the case anymore. Um, and we have to have these placeholders for the really exciting guys that are in the minors. And that's, and, and that's what we got. And if it's a transition year, but it's a long season. And that's the thing we're talking about kind of before is it's a long season. This is the beginning roster. This beginning roster will look completely different, I believe, by the end of the season, Uh, be it via trade, via signing guys, via, you know, just how the season rolls. Um, What you see now is not going to be what we finish with. And I think that's more important than anything. So have the patience. It's going to be real important that we get off to a strong start, you know, get some games underneath us, get some wins, kind of, build that identity, kind of get a feeling with where everyone goes. Let Mike Schultz start to manage again. You know, he has to kind of get his feet wet uh, again. Um, everyone seems to be really excited to have him here. The communication, not only from, you know, player to, to coach, but coach to staff and just everything I've heard about him from the players uh, on Twitter has been positive. Um, and he knows the guys in the system. And that's the thing. The guys coming up know him and, you know, they've been in the clubhouse our clubhouse is very welcoming as well, I believe, to a lot of the minor league guys. So they know they're coming up. They know they're going to help, and that's what they do. That whole culture, I think, of – and it's been for a while it's been like that, where rookie shut up, sit down, and we'll tell you when to talk. It, it's no longer. It's more about you're here to help us win. We want to make you feel comfortable. It's none of this tough, toxic masculinity crap where, you know, here, carry all our jock straps. It, it's what can you do to help us win? We're trying to win. They still have to carry the luggage. They still have to do yeah. a little, a little extra. Wear the, wear the Yoda, Yoda backpack full of candy. Yes, right, right. And have to do that for the bullpen guys. 
Yeah, the little rookie stuff, but yeah. You know, that's fun. The rookie stuff is fun. They're going to make them dress funny, you know, for a plane ride or something like that. Or, or they got a, you know, first paycheck, they got to buy dinner for everyone. Oh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> that first paycheck is probably what more they made all of last year. All right. Hey, we'll be right back with an interview with Ral Padron right after this from Manscaped. 2024 is here in full swing, and that means it's time for a New Year's resolution check-in with our friends at Manscaped. Newsflash, it's never too late to level up your grooming game and keep your bush tamed. Manscaped's new lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every man's cheat code to look good, feel good, and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether you're going for a trim or that clean-shaven look, this trimmer has you covered. Trusted over by 10 million men worldwide, now is your time to get a grip on your grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code FRIERS for 20% off plus free shipping. The ball has dropped, but don't drop the ball on your balls. And I, I tell you, Roy, I, uh, I I got the gear on Friday. I leveled up on Saturday, and I used the lawnmower. Fantastic. I In the, in the past, I've used scissors. I've used a razor with varying degrees of blood and carnage. Yeah, that's um, hazardous. <laughs> very hazardous. And I was really skeptical, skeptical about using them. Uh, I used the trimmer as well. Everything was fantastic, smooth, no nicks, no cuts, smooth. It looked really good. It felt good. And I feel refreshed and fresh. So here's two things I like about it. I like that it's got its own little headlight so you can yeah. see what you're doing. And I like that it's USB charged. You don't have to have a separate charging brick to keep these things charged. And that goes for the nose trimmer too. Absolutely. And it's waterproof. I didn't know that. And I read all this stuff beforehand. It's waterproof. You can do this in the shower, man. And, and I tell you, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's revolutionized my, my grooming experience here. I don't mean to over understate that, but it's just the way it is. And then when you're done, they give you some nice products to help uh, soothe and, you know, moisturize and all that other, all that other fun stuff. So hop on Manscaped and use code yeah. Friars for 20% off. So for all of you men that want the full grooming experience, look no further than the Manscaped Performance Package 5.0. In the grooming kit, you get the trusted lawnmower, Manscaped's ear and nose hair trimmer, and the essential aftercare products with the crop soother, ball aftershave lotion, and crop preserver, anti-chafing ball deodorant. Yeah, it's deodorant for your balls, but you th didn't think you needed that. <laughs> I suggest you for the new year, they even threw in two free gifts. The Foxers 2.0 and the Shed 2.0 toiletry bag because they know good and well, you're still rocking your boxers from high school. They probably have holes in them and stuff. So let's face <laughs> it, resolutions might come and go, but a well-groomed you is here to stay thanks to Manscaped. All right, so once again, go to manscaped.com and use the cheat code, promo code, Friars for 20% off and free shipping. Well, hey, we're here with a friend of the podcast, El Paso hitting coach, Raul Padron. Raul, hey, how are you? Good, man. I'm amazing. How are you guys doing? We're doing pretty good, but you just got, like, we tried to do this before when you were on the road. When you were on the road, um, it's glad to have you, you know, in a safe <laughs> place and be able to talk to us and not have to, you know, like drive and, you know, talk to us at the same time. I know, I know. That was kind of crazy. You know, it's just a long, long way to from Amarillo to, to Arizona, but now I'm safe. So now I'm relaxed and, and, and definitely we can enjoy this conversation today. <laughs> 
Absolutely. So, hey, we know that you're, you know, you're on the minor league side of things, but is it all hands on deck there in Peoria? Where do they have you doing so far? Have you just been there a few days? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, we almost have the whole package here. You know, there's a couple uh, minor league guys still, you know, here already. Um, well, basically, I'm just with the hitting, you know, and 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 focus with all the hitting guys and, you know, trying to help a lot in the cage and on the field, throwing BP doing stuff like that so so far it's been it's been very busy the first couple of days you know the guys are working hard so that's a that's a good thing to see so at this point in spring what's the schedule like is there like a, a regular schedule every day um is there a report date that hasn't come yet and when do the games the backlot games start up yeah i mean yeah we start uh some live vp a couple of days ago already i mean we actually have our third date of live vp today you know, and uh, definitely we, we have a schedule, you know, sometimes we start super early, like this morning we're on vacation, 6.30 a.m., you know, we're grinding <laughs> since like the sun wasn't even out yet. You know, we meet there for a little bit with the hitting coaches, with the, with the head guy as well. And uh, so far it's been, it has been done a lot of work for the hitters. And the good thing is they have seen a lot of pitching. So that's, that's a good thing for, for any hitter. You know, guys come in so prepared already. So to get them in there early and just kind of get them going, I was just putting that all together. So, Raul, you spent this whole winter uh, coaching in the in the Venezuelan league. Um, how was that coaching for the Tigres? Yeah, that was that was. Uh, I think that was the uh, best experience that I can get from a uh, win, winter ball, man. You know, because I went to Mexico a couple of times in the past, but this time was different. This time was. Uh, an, an amazing experience for me, you know, I think it helped me a lot with being a little bit more mature, you know, like definitely the way to approach the hitters, you know, I was with veteran guys. I was with uh, some staff that were from different organizations, you know, and that was kind of huge just to have more people around that knows the game really, really well. And, you know, there was, it was, it was very good for me. Yeah. You have some familiar names on that. I, I was looking down the roster. I saw, uh, Alexi Amorista was is still playing. Um, yep. Who were some of the guys that you were that you were working with down there? Yeah, I mean, I have Amorista. You know, still a really really good hitter. <laughs> you know, he was one of the best hitters of the league. And then uh, I have Jose Martinez. He was with the Cardinals before. You know, uh, he spent a couple of years with them as a pinch hitter. He was the first base. He was uh, he won the MVP of the league. So that's uh, that's a good thing. You know, I have I have that in my pocket now. <laughs> you know so that was that was that was amazing i see that pedro avila was down there pedro was there he 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 actually got a couple starts with us it was really good i mean he looks really good down there he faced acuna he strike him out and then next at bat acuna hit a pop out of second base he Cunha didn't look too good against pedro so that's a good thing <laughs> Uh, nice. Yeah, I mean that's Pedro's game. He's not really a yeah. strikeout guy. He's more of a more of yeah. a you get soft you out on your front foot, soft contact yeah, well, kind of a guy. He, he gets some ground balls, a lot of ground balls out of that change of sinker. You know, we're really hoping to see him take a big step forward this uh this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him as uh the back end of the rotation uh coming out of spring. But really the question I have is like, did you, so did you have to go through the U S department, state department? How did you, you know, I know you're, you're from Venezuela. Uh, I can't remember yes. if you have dual citizenship or not, but did you have to go through the state department to, to go down there and play and yeah. get permission? 
Well, I do have a dual uh, citizenship okay. now. Last year, I, I became a United States citizen. Right. So, you know, I was I was waiting for that because I, my my Venezuela passport was expired. You know, there wasn't really much that I would you know couldn't do with with that passport expired. So I needed I needed my new U.S. passport so that I can you know go to either either Dominican or Venezuela or Puerto Rico. I mean, not Puerto Rico, but Mexico. You know the that uh to do and, and and work over there so that was not that now that's all clear so i can just uh, you know go anywhere well congratulations on citizenship um yeah we've heard Appreciate that like it. venezuela the the political side is so uh uh turbulent um i think i even heard that the u.s closed their embassy there at one point um so that's got to be tricky navigating all that stuff yeah it's not for sure for sure you know the the government stuff is just crazy you know, politicals never, you cannot trust them. But, um, you know, right now, situation is, is kind of like a little better from what it was. So, you know, hopefully they keep it that way because the league is getting better. The levels start going up again. You know, players wants to play. And we have imports, you know, they, they, they're really taking a good care of the players. That's what I saw this 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 past winter. A couple years so back, on I that talked topic. to well, a couple of years so back, I'm- I talked to Jairo Iriarte, and uh, he uh, he's from Venezuela, and that's one of the things, right after the WBC, and he's like, he's so eager to go play for Venezuela in the WBC. Uh, maybe not in this round, but maybe the next round after that, I'm sure he'll be able to go play for him. No, for sure, for sure. I mean, he's that kid is a, has an amazing talent. You know, it's, it's incredible just to watch him, how how he developed himself so fast, you know, and, and, and growing so far in his career. I think definitely he maybe maybe in the next one, who knows, you know, like he's he's been like growing and maturing so fast that it's just yeah. things now are going too fast, you know, like they, they just go like this and, and, and get ready to to compete in the best level. So we were talking about passport stuff. Um it seems like every year there's a couple of players that are hung up. They they can't get their visa uh to to come you know, at the start of spring training, how does that whole process work as far as getting a visa as a as a native of another country? Right. Yeah, that's that's a little difficult because you know the embassy in Minnesota is closed, so that now players have to go through the Dominican Republic or Colombia, you know, that or maybe uh, Curacao. You know, those are the areas that they've been using lately. I think because uh, for a Venezuelan player to go to the DR, they need a visa. So, yeah. you know, I guess they, they don't have the visa, so have, they have to go to Colombia or Curacao or Brazil. Depends, you know, all depends where the team have, you know, connection where they, hey, we have uh, five baseball players that are going to get their visa. You know, we need an appointment for, for a war visa, which is not too hard, but sometimes it gets a little complicated. I don't know. I mean, it's weird, to be honest with you. You know, like sometimes it's super fast. And sometimes that you know things got complicated, so the, the players got delayed, or even the coaches. You know, it's it's, it's a little uncomfortable situation for for the Venezuela, you know, staff or players. Yeah, yeah. So playing in Venezuela, there's I understand it's it's kind of hazardous on the on the work side of things. Is, is that a concern down there, or is that just stories that we hear? No, I mean I'm gonna be honest. Like this time, it was it was really different. I, I feel it's like a like a bu- like a bubble right now, you know, like a good bubble, you know, like where things are happening. You know, I think uh, I don't know if the government wants to finally do something for the country or it's just you know maybe a good year for them. You know, I don't I'm not really sure. 
it was safe. My family went there. You know, while while I was working, my 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 wife went to the beach with my daughter and my mother-in-law and my mom. You know, they were they actually were fine. They 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 say that it, it was so clear, secure. It was a lot of police around. You know, it, it wasn't. We didn't have any issues. And I'm happy for that, you know, and and from what I saw, I went to a lot of space, you know, I traveled with the team and, and it really wasn't too bad. You know, obviously you can see what it's kind of like two sides. It's even the kind of like the people high class and it's like the very, very low class. That's that's it. You know, that's not that's not a secret. But uh, I mean, hopefully they can keep that going and then the people can invest in their little business and whatever and start growing again, you know? You know, that's, that's a good point you raise. And I, I had the opportunity to go to Ecuador many years ago and I, I was struck by that separation of, of class. Like we feel like it's, it's the rich versus the poor here in the United States, but you go to a, to a Latin American country and it's a whole other level yeah. of you know, the, mm-hmm. the nice neighborhood with yeah. the, the yeah. people that have, and then the vast, vast poverty. It really struck me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, well, we haven't, we didn't get a chance to talk to you last year. Um, and last year was your first year in, in El Paso. How was that adjustment? Did you, did you have to change your focus on development from, you know, maybe developing lower in the double A where in the triple A where you got have guys that are more, you know, more established and had maybe sometimes been to the major leagues and you just kind of maintaining swings. What was the focus there? Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely, definitely different, you know, and, uh, and it was different because, you know, like you say, you know, like it's just older guys, you know, guys have been in the big leagues, you know. Well, we even have Jose Iglesias last year. <laughs> the guy that played 13 years in the big leagues, you know, like that was that was a, a huge difference, you know, coming from, you know, developing kids from 22 years, uh, 21, 24, 25, to, to get to that point, you know, where guys were having five years in the big leagues, three, two, seven, ten, you know, all, all, all kind of experience there in, the, in that team. But, uh, you know, we have a couple of kids that were not too old, you know, like Tirso, he was, you know, a little bit there with us. And, uh, you know, we have Iggy, which is not all, but he had already, you know, a big experience. But um, I think it was a little different, but it was more like creating, creating, first thing was creating some relation, good relationships, you know, in order to, you know, like let them know that we, we, we're here for them. You know, you will see different characters. You will see, you know, people that's mad because they, they, they think they should be in the big list, you know, then. So it was like a, like a good learning process to, to handle them, you know, like just let them know, like, okay, well, you guys still here, but if you, if you perform and the team needs you, they're going to call you up, you know, and, and it happens in the year. So that they saw that as possible. So it's like basically it's, it's, it's how to, to manage, you know, those situations with, with, with the hitters, you know, like I know you you don't want to be here, but guess what? You want us keeping keep keep rolling in the business and go back to the big list, you try to perform. So that's that's what I'm here for. You know, I'm here to help you and, and make it happen again for you. That's gotta be a challenge managing yeah. managing the old guys, the veterans with a decade in the game, and then the kids that are on the way up at the same time. They're side by side. So Tierso made some really good strides last year. It, it felt like at the end of the season, I thought he was close to to making it a call up. Um, what do you think he has left to prove? What's the next step for him to be able to earn that that opportunity? Right, right. He he actually have you know his best year for sure. I think he's he needs consistency. You know, I think he needs to 
to get a, a off of a hot, hot start. You know, he needs to to prove that he actually can do it again from the get go. You know, like no no wasting any time. You know, I'm not saying he can you know maybe go on a little slow in the beginning, but you know the the idea for him will be like you know what I'm here and then I prove it that I, that I can actually make it happen and. You know, there's still some things that any hitter will be adjusting in, in that process. But definitely, you know, I think his confidence is gonna is gonna bring is gonna bring him to that point where where he can actually prove that you know what I'm ready and, and he can be a definite candidate to to help in the big leagues. So with somebody like him in particular, at the end of the season, you know, when you guys are gonna part ways, he's gonna go off for for the the off season, um, do you give him specific goals to work on? Are you, is he working on things in his mechanics, things in his approach in the off season, or is it just like, you know, go work out, work on this, work on that and come back. I'll see you in the spring. I mean, no, definitely, definitely. When they finish their season, there, there's, you know, there's, there's a talk, you know, before they go home, you know, hey, if you and I play winnable, like he did, you know, like you should work in this stuff just to, you know, try to get that better trying to make a little adjustments here and there. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely conversations. Now, when, when this year was a little more, I mean, it was a little less talking because, you know, they have the Players Association. They don't want, you know, the play. They want the players to have actually a, an offseason. Right. You know, so it's, it can now be any more talk, you know, like we normally do, which is okay. You know, like they, they need their time, but, before that happened, we we are in contact. We you know we share the heat. They share videos and stuff like that, and you know we give them our feedback and just we give them a package. And you know now it's on their hands to to keep it rolling that way, so they can come back and for next spring training and be ready to go. Oh, did who did we talk to? We just talked to was it Nathan Martarella that we talked to like two days before Thanksgiving? We talked to him like a week before Thanksgiving. He's like. He's like, yeah, next week we don't talk to anyone till the, you know, till the first of the year. Um, I, do you know you're out, you're working in Venezuela? But isn't it is it? And do you guys kind of you know it's your first year having that break? You know, what do you feel about that break? Do you kind of like it where you can maybe just focus on what you're doing in Venezuela and you know don't need to kind of uh, keep in contact with so many guys and you do kind of get a way to step back? How do you feel about that break uh, of non-contact with the minor league guys? Right, I think. I mean, on the on the player side, I think that's 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 a good thing for them. You know, they need a they definitely need a break. You know, I think uh, sometimes too much is not doesn't work too well. You know, I I think they need you know a little freedom. Some guys, you know, would like to stay in contact for sure, but I, I think they deserve to be you know like on their off season, not to worry about you know I gotta send this, I gotta talk to this guy. You know, I think now they're professionals, you know, they're professional. They should come back in a better shape, you know, in a better condition because it's, I mean, it's their career. But as a coach, I would love to talk to them, you know, like, and, you know, every other week because, you know, I definitely want to know how's he doing, you know, how's he feeling, you know, what what he's working on it. Are you doing the things that we told you to do or are you doing something else? You know, like you never know. You never know because, you know, they're home. And they go to some places and work out, and then for sure, you know, and, and hitting everyone, everyone knows hitting, you know, and then things can go a little sideways sometimes. Right, guys, just watch, just get on Twitter for two minutes, and you'll find five thousand different <laughs> absolute masters of hitting. Um, and it's 
it, it's uh, yeah, it does get a little crazy up there about who thinks they know what's best. Yep, yeah, for sure. Hey, so Eggie Rosario, we were really God, you know, I I so I went to Fantasy Camp last year. Um, they just finished it up this year, and I walked into the clubhouse and in the training room, and I, I look across the way to the minor league side, and I'm like, that's that's Eggie with the boot on, like he. He had just broken his foot in oh. winter league, and we were just—I mean, I'm like, oh man, it, it's such a bummer because he was so on the cusp of really making, uh, you know, making strides and probably even making the, you know, the major league roster. Then he did make it back. Yeah. Um, you know what? You know what does he need to do, kind of, to really break the roster as well? For sure. I mean, it, it was a bummer, you know, that that happened to him. It, it's a shame because he definitely was, you know, in, on the paper at least, you know, and then. That guy that couldn't be that guy that goes and made the roster for the first day. I mean, he looks really good this year. He looks really good. I mean, competition is going to be there. You know, there's a couple guys, you know, competing for a spot, definitely an infield spot, and then definitely, you know, maybe two spots for the outfield. You know, like, I don't know, you know, how's that going to end. But uh, Eggie definitely have a shot, man. He He's a guy that can do a lot of things on defense and definitely can do some damage from the hitting. He can run. He can bunt. You know, he can stone base, you know, like this kid can do a lot of things. Now it depends. This is, you know, when you love baseball most, you know, like you do well, you're probably going to win that spot, you know, and, and that's, I think that's, that's it. You know, he, he's, he's, he's prepared. I think the way things are going for him in spring training is going to, it's, I think it's what, it's what is going to dictate what's going to happen with him for, for this year, you know? Yeah. Okay, so think about Aggie. I've got a, like a hypothetical in my mind where he could either make the roster as a starting, like let's say whatever happens and there's an opportunity for him to have a starting job, he's going to play every day versus you look at the roster right now and there's, I mean, there may be a spot on the bench. And right. if if the roster as it sits right now, if he was on that team, he might see the field once a week. For a guy like Aggie, is it advantageous for him to get that major league experience, even if he's only getting a little drip at a time, or is it better for him to be back at El Paso where he's going to be starting five, six days a week, um, you know, and getting all those reps? I mean, and, and with this, with this situation is what I think is they're going to go with whatever that team needs, yeah. you know, because he definitely, I mean, if, if the team needed, you know, to play every day for the first couple of weeks, I mean, if he's ready, I don't see why, you know, like just seeing him, if he's ready, he's a guy that's going to be there because he can play, you know, a couple couple positions, second base, third base, you know, I know Manny, yet, you know, he just came out from surgery. He might be DHing. Who knows? I don't know. He might be ready for day one. All depends how his body, you know, how his arms feeling, whatever. But definitely, you know, if the team's going to need him and the team is going to use him as maybe a pinch runner, maybe a defensive guy at the end or, or something like that, I mean, he's going to have to do that job. But definitely, I will. And at the end, is I think the best way for him to play every day, start playing every day, and whatever happens, you know, go up to the big list and, and, and be the guy for, you know, for whatever needs that they have. But you will see. I mean, it so depends what, what our team is going to need for sure. God, if he wasn't such a fullback, if he didn't have such a fullback body, throw him in the outfield. I know he would work hard to get out of it. <laughs> There's just no way that body's going to make it. In the oh, end. my God. Yeah, it'll be tough. <laughs> uh, well, God, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, speaking of guys making the roster, it looks like Luis Camposano has just 
like, and this is so good. We've followed him for so long and we've known him since a ball and just the strides that he has taken at the plate and, and, and leadership had been so huge. Um, his load though, is a little like his stance and his load is a little unorthodox. Uh, who taught him that? Or, or did you, do you <laughs> condone that or? <laughs> no, no, I mean, Campusano, I, I think he did it in the big list last year. So I, I, I don't know. But uh, the, the thing is, like, he looks really good. You know, like, he's in tremendous shape. You know, he, he, he looks confident. He knows what's coming, I believe, for him. You know, I think he's going to be our guy. Hopefully, he can hit. You know, he can do a lot of things. Um, for sure, he, he knows our pitching stuff, which is important. You know, he's going to have a lot of responsibility behind the plate. And, but besides that, he, he's a guy that can drive the ball. You know, like he can, sometimes he might, he might be running a little better than, than what everybody else thought. You know, like he's in such a good shape right now. So I'm excited to see him, you know, to take over and take over every day behind the play if, if that's the situation for us. Uh, you were a catcher and for, and so you played first base in other positions as well, but primarily a catcher as a player. Yeah. Um, are you involved? on the coaching side with the catchers in El Paso. And what did you see um, evolving from, from Luis over the last couple of years? Yes, yes, yes. I've been involved with the catching. Maybe not last year. In the last couple of years, it was a little less. But this year, I'm going to be back to it again, you know, because it was, it was a lot of hitting a lot of guys more than, than, than we normally have. So it was kind of difficult for me to take cover the catching. But, you know, from the years being watching him, you know, like he – he makes big strikes, you know, as, as a catcher, you know, it's, it's never easy, especially when you, when you have such a big responsibility, you know, like you have, you have a guy like Darvish, you know, you know, Musgrove, you know, you have all those, all those type of pitching guys or, you know, this is definitely huge weight on your back that, that you have to do things right for them, you know, like care for the game, paying attention to details, you know, those guys are super detailed. But still, you know, the catcher's there for them. That's another two eyes that they definitely want to use and another head that they definitely want to use. So, you know, from 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 the catching from me to Camposano, he's he's growing. He's growing a lot. You know, he cares. I think the, the main thing for him is going to be like, you know, just watch the scoreboard. Watch the scoreboard. You know, as a catcher, you need to know what's happening, who's on deck, you know, and, and and go from there, you know. I like let 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 your team that you're there for them, you know. Like be a leader, be a leader. Catchers, they're a natural leader. They have to be a leader. That's not it's not question mark there. You got to be a leader. You're not Manny. You're a catcher. So it doesn't matter if Manny Patty is over there. Uh, it doesn't matter who is in the infield. You are the leader, and he he needs to step up and be that guy. Regardless, you know, whoever's gonna be the number one guy behind the play has got to be the leader. So let's talk about outfield here for a second. Um, you know, on the major league side, we've got Tatis, Azokar, now Profar. Uh, but I've got the AAA roster pulled up here. Uh, we've got one familiar face in Tiers Ornelas, but a lot of new guys. Bryce Johnson, Oscar Mercado, who was with El Paso a little bit last year, Cal Mitchell, Robert Perez Jr., and then they just signed Zach Rex. Uh, what can you tell us about any of those guys um, and what their chances are for maybe making the big league team? Yeah, like I was saying, you know, about Mercado, you know, he's, he's a guy that got sprints, you know, he's a guy that definitely is competing for a spot. You know, he knows what he can do. He knows that the, the team needs a, needs a guy back there, and, and we'll see how that goes for him during spring training. 
I think all those decisions in the outfields are gonna, you know, are gonna be making by by the way they play. But uh, we have, you know, we have a couple of the guys, bunch of new guys, you know, that uh, I really don't know them that well. I know Robert Perez Jr. from Venezuela. I saw him here. Here's those he's here. a big guy. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a big boy, very young. I mean, 23 years old. You know, he his dad was a legend in Venezuela, and so his his background in baseball is is important. You know, it's huge. You know, he 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 should make big strides with us. You know, we're working on the good stuff with him. You know, he can be definitely a guy. And soccer is huge. Soccer is, looks really good. You know, he he knows that he have a chance to be to be everyday guy. You know, at, at this point, and uh, definitely definitely is gonna be a a very fun competition between all those guys. You know, we have a bunch of the new guys that, you know, that, that definitely won that job, you know. And whenever that happens, any team, you will see the best out of those guys. You know, that's that's for sure. You, you won't see people – you won't see those guys trying to get ready. That's for sure. Those guys are going to compete, and, and they're going for, 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 for a spot on the big league team. So that's going to be very fun to watch. I, I, I've got uh, Ozokar's numbers up in front of me. He was with you guys for 31 games. I didn't realize that he stole 10 bases in that time. He only got caught once. So, yeah, that mm-hmm. speed definitely plays up. Yeah, for sure. For sure. He's, you know, he's working on that as well. He got speed. You just, uh, you know, I like need to make a little little adjustments in the bases and pick up the right time and, and go. He was working on it last year. It worked, it worked pretty well for him, you know. Hopefully – he keep it up and during this and spring training, if he makes the team, it will be important for us to have that that kind of speed on our team. Absolutely. So, you know, it seems like the the Padres have been hiring from within uh, and you being the AAA uh, hitting coach, you're going to get an influx of these young guys coming up through the AAA, uh, through El Paso, your your Marcy's, your your Paulies, uh, you know, Jackson Merrill's more than likely those guys are going to start in AAA. And there's even talk of, uh, well, you'll eventually you'll see uh, Ethan Salas, but you know, as a coach, having these guys come up and you knowing them so well, um, how do you feel about you know in the future making the big league uh, coaching staff? Yeah, I mean, it, it will be amazing. You know, it will it will be pretty fun. Definitely, definitely, it's it's different. You know, when you know all these players, you know, I think it makes a difference. You know, they know you, they know they can trust you, and and that's that's where everything starts for any coach. You know, like. Show them that you care, but you're gonna. I'm gonna hold them accountable. That's for sure. You know, if I'm gonna go there, it's like this. That's that's the first thing. I'm gonna hold you accountable. You can hold them accountable. You know, we're gonna do whatever it takes. You know, to to do our job on the field, and you know, it's 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 really excited. It's really excited to to know that, that we're gonna have the, all those talents and coming up, and and actually, you can have an opportunity to, to be coaching the and, and and the best level. That's that's. I think that's gonna be something unique. It's been it's been neat for us to see you guys as coaches move yeah. up along with the players. I mean, Pete Zamora is going to be managing with you, and uh, we were just talking to him in El Paso. It seems like just a couple of years ago. <laughs> I mean, Pete is amazing. I, I I'm excited to, to work with besides him. You know, on, on his side, I think uh, it's going to be nice. It's going to be a good experience. You know, like he's going to use me a lot because I was there last year. Yeah. You know, as, as an advisor as well, besides his hitting coach, and, and and I'm looking forward to do it. All right, so I want to pick your brain a little bit. Um, I want to I want to throw out some different like skills, tools, and I want you to think of who you've worked with in the last couple of years that stands out. So, strike zone discipline. Who's somebody you've worked with that has just the best eye at the plate? 
I mean, it, there has been a lot of guys that, that we, 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 I mean, we made a lot of trades. And so, you know, <laughs> so those, those years, honestly, in, in double A, I have all those all star because they're now all star in, in all the teams, you know. But I will say a guy that, you know, comes to my mind right away is Josh Naylor, you know. I had Josh Naylor for a couple of years, you know. He wasn't the best, you know. Uh, getting his pitch, you know, but uh, it was a lot of work done with him, you know, and then he did his part, you know, like he, he believed in us. He believed in me. He, he wanted to get better, you know, and, and it was, it was a, a relationship that it can be like, you know, like a father and son, but in different ways, you know, and, and, and that's, that's how I see things with, with him and, and, you know, many other different players, but, and especially it was, you know, it was one of those hitters that have a lot of tools, a lot of power that wants to crush every every single ball because you have a super high percent of contact with the ball. So, you know, when, when you are that type of good hitter with the, with back to ball, you, you think you can hit everything besides just to look for the pitch and you can actually do some real, real damage. And I mean, you see it now in, in the big list, you know, he's he's an all-star, you know, he's yeah. he's a superstar. He's, he's doing a lot of damage with his bat, which... We, we, we saw that for sure. So kind of flip side of that, how about pitch recognition? Somebody that's good at recognizing a, a fastball versus a breaking pitch um, right out of the hand. Yeah, I mean, I got to go with Tatis. Tatis, you know, I had, I had Tatis. And, and oh, I he's think the he's, cheat code for well, all of this. I know, I know. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was, I mean, we saw it first. That's, that's, that's what I can <laughs> say. We saw that first, you know. Like, and, and it was really, really fun to watch, you know, watching this guy and, and adjusting pitch to pitch was impressed. You know, I was impressed. Besides that, he, he had some issues, you know, like he didn't have that really, really, really good, you know, swing decisions percentage. But it was, you know, another guy that had back to ball, you know, percentage, which is amazing. You know, and then they, he thought that he couldn't hit everything. But, you know, he's been making big strides and that stuff, obviously. But. At the end of the year, he was, you know, like something, something different, you know. And then he, he got hurt that year. But whenever he came back, he made the team, you know. So that was like, uh, there you go, <laughs> you know. That's, that's right. That's... I forgot that you were you were yeah. in El Paso in uh, in uh, San Antonio with him that year. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I, yeah. I, I remember us talking to you about uh, about Tatis and how you worked on him getting into his lower <laughs> half. <clears throat> yes, yes, yes. Exactly. So I mean, he's been. I mean that 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 year he was amazing, you know, for the team that I have that year. It was it was amazing. I have Austin Allen, I have Ty Friend, Josh Naylor, you know, I have those type of hitters that you you will go like, man, this is amazing, you know. Yeah, well, we were we were talking about them all year. We were excited about them coming up and being the next generation yeah. of Padres. It didn't quite yeah. turn out that way, but you know, exactly. we're still happy for them moving on to wherever they are. So, okay, yeah. I know it's going to be the same answer, but what about? Uh, uh, plate coverage, somebody that could just square up anything, all quadrants of the zone. Right, well, well, you remember Edward Olivares, correct? Yes, From Venezuela. Yes. You know, Olivares was one of one of those guys that actually, you know, can cover, you know, his strike zone. Sadly, in the village, he's been, you know, injury maybe the last couple of years, but I believe he's, if he's healthy, I think he's going to be a superstar. That's what I saw, you know, in, in the minor leagues with him, working with him, you know, and, and I, I still believe that they still on him, you know, like that 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 talent is in, still in there. And, and I think I'm excited for him to have a good year and see what, what he can do, you know, for, for a full year season. I had fun watching him in El, in, uh, El, uh, 
like Elsinore. I want to yeah. say it was him, Buddy Reed, and Jason Rosario in that outfield. It's yeah. just three guys who yes. could absolutely go get it. That was fun. That was that was something else back there. <laughs> So how about raw power? I, I know right now you got uh, Griffin Dorsing that can just absolutely light it up. Um, who's somebody that comes to your mind that's just like light tower power? I mean, I got to be honest. Years, I, I spent five years, well, three years in San Antonio, and then we went to Amarillo, and then COVID hit. So, you know, San Antonio is, is a place for land right here. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a power hitter, the only guy that came to my mind is from Miller Regis. Right. He destroyed the ball. <laughs> you know, he destroyed the ball there. Like, it didn't matter. It was San Antonio. The wind was blowing in. That's the guy. I mean, and he made some power, you know, and I saw that. And uh, that's the guy that comes to my mind because you will say, no way that ball is going out. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know, so. You know, from what I remember, that he was one of those guys that didn't matter where he was playing. All right, and my last one here on this list, and it's it's a total flip. Who's the, got the best instincts on defense? With catcher, outfielder, making good reads, uh, the infielder uh, that's always cutting the right guy off. Ooh, that's a good question right there. That's a good one. Now you you made me think. I know you had you had <laughs> Jose Iglesias last year. I don't. He was I did. more for a glove oh, early in his career. It's not fair to call him in this one. Because he's still the best. <laughs> I mean, our infielders were not ready for what he was going to do with the baseball. And a double play or bases loaded, they were like, is this going to come here? Is going to go to first? <clears throat> we're not sure. So he he was, I mean, something else, to be honest. Like, wow, impressed. Very impressed. But um, I think Eggy has really good instincts on the infield. He knows the game. He plays the, the game well. You know, he, he he's aware. He's aware of the situation. He had made big strides on that as well. You know, like he knows he got talent, but he was kind of like, oh, I'm just, I'm just good. But now he's like, I know what I need to do. You know, and I, I know I can make this play. I know what I can throw here or there. I need to throw here or there. The, you know, the shortest throw, get that out. You know, and, and he, he has made huge, huge, huge uh, strides for us. Well, you know, and that's it kind of goes into our next question, and, and it, it makes sense. <clears throat> These guys are they're, they're so talented, and you know they're so good, and they want to impress. Uh, you know, teaching them to kind of dial it back and make smart decisions instead of going here, look at me throw from deep in the hole at third, where I might be able to get the guy out at first, but the guy getting the second is going to go over to third. Um, kind of in the same sense of hitting. You know, you've been in Amarillo, you've been you're in El Paso now. How do you keep guys from just going, all right, I'm going to jack three, you know, in, in, yeah. in the Pacific Coast League? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard. We just have that conversation a couple of days ago with the hitters, you know, like you guys are going to go from El Paso to Petco. Petco is something else. Petco, you you need to stay in the gaps. If you want to survive, if you want to help the team, fly ball doesn't work over there. You know, like it's, it's, it's just different. So, you know, we're, we're having that conversation. Like we need it, you know, Besides that, we we know that we're in the past, so balls fly, you know. And if you go to Amarillo, that that time the ball flies as well. And if you go to different ballparks in the big leagues, you know, some ballparks it's just it's just crazy how the balls fly. But not for our not our ballpark, you know. Like we we need to learn how to play our ballpark, you know, from from rookie ball all the way to the big leagues. So when you get there, you know what to do. You need to, you need to hit line drives on the gaps, you know. Like 
you know, you, you'll see Manny hitting 40 or Taddy hitting 40, you know, but those those guys are the guys, the main guys are, are built to do that, you know. They're, they're not even trying. They just naturally, you know, they know how to hit the ball and they're big enough to 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 be able to drive those baseballs. So, you know, not everybody just have that type of talent, you know, that, that type of strength. But if they learn how to hit the ball the right way, you know, they're going to have to say it. They might end up hitting some, you know, good 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 amount of homers as well, you know, because that's the way the, the, the baseball works, you know. Like when you yeah. know when you know how to hit the baseball, you put good bat spin on it, I mean, that ball is going to take out for sure. Yeah, I remember so, seeing Ty France hit when uh, I think he hit it in Vegas. He hit it like a hundred feet past the center field fence, <laughs> and then it was the first oh, yeah. year of the Vegas. And I was like, "Yeah, that was he hit he hit four hundred three ninety nine." And it's like I, the Pacific. So, so coach, what you know? How do you judge development when you are when we talk about it all the time playing on the moon when you're hitting on the moon? When I read somewhere where um. You know, hitting in the high threes is is league average for the Pacific Coast League. Where do you see you guys see the development in guys more than just looking at the stat line? Because we see the stat line like he's hitting three eighty. <laughs> Why is he not in the big leagues? You know, well, it's right? Pacific- yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I, I got you. What you, I got what you're saying. You know, it's it's definitely different. Sure. The thing is, like, how you know what type of a bad that guy's giving you? You know, because. It's, it's, you can be anywhere, and it's going to be no difference hitting with the bases loaded or running on third. For sure, fans, fan-wise, it's going to be different. Yes, it's going to be more fans in the big leagues and the minor league, but you're going to see his approach. You know, you, you're going to see what he's trying to do. You're going to see his intent. You know, if he, if he, if he got a good intent, good intention to, to get that runner in, oh, we, we're going to evaluate that. You know, like, it's not just like, you know, get under the ball and try to hit fly balls because the wind is going to take off and, you know, it's so high that it's going to going to go that, you know, that's for, for us, that's, that's not too hard, you know, like just to, to evaluate that stuff. You know, it's, you just got to ask me, how, what do you think? Like, what's his approach looks like when he got runners on base? What does his approach looks like when he got runners on second base, nobody out? Are you trying to move that runner over or he's just trying to hit tank because he's in, in the pass or, or he's in, you know, um, and in Las Vegas, wherever Tacoma, you right. know, those places that you know the bolt's gonna fly. But if I see a guy trying to freaking just put a good, 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 uh, good content on the on the on the ball and trying to stay up the middle and hit a homer, that's completely fine. You know, he's he's trying to do the right thing and he just hit a homer. Now, now that's a hitter that you would definitely want to have the biggest because you know he's having a success in a, in a real in a real way. You know. Yeah. Regardless, maybe that line right that he hit got on the gap and maybe Peko got caught, but it's an RBI. You know, that's what you're looking for. You know, like running on third, less than two hours, hit a, hit a line drive to the outfield. Or maybe a ground ball in the infield, infield's playing back. That's an RBI. You know, you're helping. And that's that's the way we're going to evaluate those guys for sure. You know, like I, I would definitely, you know, if you ask me who, who's ready here, you think they're hitting it, all of them hitting 320, 350. Or 280, whatever. Maybe I pick the guy that's hitting 260 with 75 RBIs because that's the guy who knows how to hit with running some base. Right. You know, so that that will that will be a, a decision made right there. So, are there any like stats, metrics, tools that you guys t- look at to try to try to judge? I mean, because hitting is such an extreme environment. There, you can have somebody that they can hit home runs in three straight games, but they're wall scrapers. So, are you pulling those guys aside and saying? You know, if that's a major league ballpark, that's that's a fly out. How, how do you how do you evaluate that? 
yeah, I mean, we have, you know, some metrics for that stuff. But, you know, when you go uh, and look at the label and triple the label, it's, it's different. They know. They know, you know, they just need a reminder. You know, hey, remember, you know, if you're going to go in Petco, that fly ball is not going to go anywhere. So you're just going to be an out. You know, maybe you go for four and you go send down. You know, maybe you hit four land drives. It's different. You know, like all depends. You just got to have the right approach. Definitely, you know, the walks, you know, that's that's huge. You know, like definitely a guy that's walking a lot and and triple A level and, and and hitting well as well. You know, it's definitely a candidate to to go to the biggest because that's a guy that you want. One thing that you when you play in those type of fields, it gives you confidence. You know, it's not like that guy that's had 20 homers and hitting 350 in triple A. It's going to go in the big list and do the same stuff. Right. But it's going to be a guy that is very confident. You know, he's going to go there and face whoever. Kershaw, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready because I feel really good. You know, I've been hitting well. Things are going my way, so let's bring it. You know, you might have a good day for that guy, and, and that day might help you out to win a game. So, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, we're looking for those guys that they can do damage and keep their approach in a good spot to, in order to go to pick it and hit in that ballpark because, you know, it will be different for them. All right. Well, we appreciate you taking the time, as always. This is our third or fourth time talking with you here on the podcast. Um, I'm going to be out there. I was just talking to you. I'll be out there next weekend, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll seek you out and come say hi. But as always, we really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your, your thoughts and your experiences with us. <laughs> I mean, uh, I appreciate you guys. It's always fun. You know, it's, 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 it's definitely a great shot and, and be able to catch up a little bit, you know, talk a, bit, talk a little bit about our players, our team, and, and, and see what's next. Well, we really appreciate it, and uh, we'll uh, I'll have to somehow put this all together because now I got a different backdrop. Uh, it's probably going to be a different audio. Uh, you're going to have some guys that we're going to be really interested in talking to about uh, coming in the next season. Um, thank you so much, Raul, and uh, we will talk to you soon. And Roy, will see you next week. Sounds good, guys. I'm looking forward to see you guys. That will be fun. Thank you, guys. Thank you.